Greetings. You're listening to the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. Whether you're a grizzled old salt, pining for the days of wire rope halyards, or a greenhorn, wondering what the hell a dolphin striker is, this is the podcast that seeks to fill the need for everybody's third most favorite pastime. That is, talking about sailing. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. If you're just joining us, this first batch of episodes chronicles the refit and subsequent adventures of my wife Ryan and I aboard our 1967 Pearson Ariel Firefly. We spent two years on the hard fixing up the old girl and took her down the ICW from Virginia to the Florida Keys and back. Cheers! March 25th, 2016. On sounds, rivers, bays, and creeks. Aboard a small sailboat, the winds and seas define the experience. Waves are the children of the winds, and the winds are capricious. When talking with other sailors, it's interesting to see the breadth of different feelings towards different bodies of water. What the weather is doing on any one day colors your perception of place. We met many folks who had uncomfortable days on any one stretch any one stretch of the ICW, where we had benign sunny skies and following winds. Of course, the opposite is true as well. We recall with trepidation stretches which others remember with fondness. During our trip south, we were fortunate to have settled weather during the majority of our open water crossings, Chesapeake Bay notwithstanding. Sailors speak of the Alligator River and Albemarle Sound with a shiver. We had uneventful crossings southbound. Anchorages suffer the same fate. Pine Island, Graham's Creek, Long Key were incident pits trying to break our stuff. In settled weather, they are bucolic and serene. Before we left, Jim Wagner of Regent Point Marina showed me a poster on the wall of his office. It reads, The superior sailor uses his superior judgment to avoid using his superior skills. Discretion is the better part of valor. It's taken me just about the entire trip to really learn this. That being said, if you wait for superior conditions, you'll never leave the dock. So when Noah was calling for southwest 10 to 15 knots, one foot seas on the Albemarle, we knew we couldn't wait for much better. We made our way north up the Alligator River and through the opening bridge. That was our first hurdle of the day. The bridge doesn't open in winds of 35 miles per hour or more, or at the bridge tender's discretion. We've heard tales of the bridge not opening in 25 miles an hour wind, which would necessitate a 20-mile beat to windward back to the nearest protected anchorage. We were very relieved to have light winds and an open bridge, as we negotiated the river mouth and raised our now habitually double-reefed main, the winds and seas began to pick up as expected. The truth of it is, even one-foot seas are rather uncomfortable aboard our little boat. As we got out into the middle of the Albemarle, the wind shifted to the west, apparently funneling down the east-west axis of the sound. This set up a cross sea with a chop from behind us from the Alligator River, and seas rolling down the length of the sound. Winds were the forecast 15 knots, but the gusts were enough to plunge the rail into the water even with our tiny scrap of sail up. Firefly likes to sail leaned over, no doubt. We motor-sailed on, and after about an hour and a half of white knuckles and held breaths, we got under the lee of some headlands about eight miles distant, enough to check some of the larger waves. As we entered the Pasquotank River, the winds increased to 20-plus knots, but by then we were in protected waters, and Firefly put her shoulder down and fairly flew through the chop. We dodged crab pots disguised among the whitecaps. We joked and laughed in the lulls, happy to be safe. We tied up at the free docks in Elizabeth City, and fairly ran for a burger and some beers. Experiences like this have given me newfound understanding and respect for the small boat voyagers I consider my heroes. I can't imagine taking a small boat in the ocean, and yet the allure is still there. Perhaps someday, 
We are expecting north winds for a few days, so we have some time to leisurely make our way up the Dismal Swamp Canal on the Elizabeth River and prepare for what will surely be a memorable sail up the Chesapeake Bay and home. May 12th, 2016. Chesapeake Bay from New Point Comfort to Little Creek, Virginia. 6.57 a.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time, Tuesday, March 29th, 2016. East winds 15 knots, becoming south in the afternoon. Waves 2 to 3 feet. Greetings from Virginia. We've been back for about six weeks now, and I admit, dear reader, that I've been avoiding you. I've been avoiding writing of our homecoming, of our last days on the boat. I've been avoiding trying to sum up our trip. I've been avoiding the finality of it. So off with the Band-Aid. We left Elizabeth City... We're spoiled sequentially by the crews of Oceanus and Rejoice. We had an appropriately rainy trip up the Dismal Swamp Canal. We had a great visit with Ryan's Uncle Brooks and Aunt Lisa in Portsmouth. And as the radio transcript above suggests, we had a bumpy ride out Hampton Roads and up the Chesapeake Bay. Upon our return to Mobjack Bay, we had a wonderful reunion with Ryan's family. We were spoiled by the hospitality of friends, and we were warmed by the company of all. Because all of a sudden, it got pretty damn cold. And then I went back to work. Ryan began looking for work. We found a house to rent. We bought furniture. At times, it felt like we never left. Some nights, I still wake up to check the anchor in our bed, in our house. So Ryan, being the, uh, the proofreader of the podcast, I know you've wanted to comment on some of our differing takes on some of the experiences uh, that we've been talking about. Yes. Uh, but first, um, can you talk about, describe the feeling uh, when we were coming up Mobjack Bay uh, and tying up at Compass Marina and uh, at the end of our trip there and literally just kind of walking back into our, our old lives. Sure. Um, first, I feel like to understand that feeling, it helps to communicate our anxiety at leaving the Lafayette River that morning. Um, the forecast was already out of my comfort zone the day before we left. Um not that we couldn't handle it, but that it was a little windier than I wanted it to be and a little a um, little bit from a direction that I wasn't excited about. And then when we woke up that morning to leave, it had actually um, been escalated a little bit. So um, we were pretty nervous, both of us actually. Um, and I remember talking to you about just that, that scary feeling before you just sort of do it, like yeah it's much you you um the anticipate the, like the ant- nervous anticipation yes which is 10 times worse than actually just pulling up the anchor and dealing with what you have to deal with Absol- most of the time yeah, absolutely i think it seemed and and i think we'll, we'll get into this but certainly that was like kind of the culmination of us being just kind oh, of having man. our nerves frayed and, and losing our our confidence losing our mojo on yes. the trip north as a result of kind of a number of things yes um the other part though was that there was a front coming through after that day. And if we didn't get out that day, we were going to be stuck for at least a week, it seemed like. So there was a little bit of pressure to just get out of there also, which I felt scared about. Um, I did not want to have to like leave the boat or um, deal with, you know, 30 knot nastiness in Hampton Roads for a whole week. It sounds sounded terrible yeah and we were we felt like we were under the gun because i had to get back that's to right work. so in you had to be back and work in like two days or something yeah at that point. so it was it was we just it was time to go was a lot yeah. of pressure to get out <laughs> um and then i i also definitely still had a little ptsd from our trip south down the bay um so that was also kind of in the background as we left 
There were a few really scary moments for me once we were kind of out in the middle of where like the James and the York and all those bodies of water kind of all come together and um, shipping traffic's going by, you know, you're in the shipping lanes almost. And um, I remember a cross sea um, and a few big waves that we bucked over and kind of screaming. Yeah, right, of right, right off of, uh, <laughs> is it Fort Monroe? Whatever the, um, yes. I think it's Fort Monroe. Yes. Right at, right at the, the entrance to Hampton Roads there. Yes. Um, where I, I don't remember what, if maybe the tide was doing something, and but yeah, it was. It know. got this it real got, steep. It got pretty, nasty. Pretty good sized waves, and we yeah. were, we you know we were slamming into it, and the boat got stopped a couple times. Yeah. And, um, but then as we kind of passed the mouth of the York, and the wind did what we knew it was supposed to, which was kind of swing back behind us, and we were starting to roll downwind, and so the apparent wind wasn't as bad. Um, we were sort of surfing down these waves, um, and we finally saw the New Point Comfort Lighthouse, which the name I think is very appropriate. Yeah. Which meant that we were coming up to Mobjack Bay and the end of our trip. And um, I remember feeling incredibly relieved. Um, at that moment, I knew we were going to make it home. <laughs> and was in doubt. <laughs> well, it just, you never know what can go wrong or, you know, what thing you'll have to deal with. And all of a sudden, yeah, you just all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, like we're not that far from home. We're going to, we're going to pull this off. We, we did this. <laughs> we did it. Um, and I was very emotional and I'm actually getting emotional right now, even thinking about it. Um, this sense of completion and, um, I was sad and happy at the same time. Yeah. I was proud of us. Yeah. Um, I was coming down off of a huge, huge adrenaline rush and, you know, sort of a spell of anxiety from uh, that morning. Yeah. And, and Chris is not joking when he said that we literally walked back into our old, our old lives because <laughs> the marina that we pulled into... Um, Compass Marina in Mobjack, Virginia, is really a stone's throw from some of our best friend's house. So we docked the boat, talked to the marina owner, and walked to our friend's house. Um, and it was so surreal seeing them. I mean, we hadn't seen them for about six months. And I remember feeling awkward with them, which is so crazy because, again, they're some of our best friends. But I felt like I'd changed so much that they almost wouldn't recognize me or something. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, it was... And it it, did, it felt somewhat jarring. Yeah. Um, and I, I, or I... Or at least I remember, like, Mob Jack Bay, if all of a sudden it went from, like, we were kind of in unfamiliar environments because we hadn't spent much... We, the only time we'd been through Hampton Roads was... You know, six months prior, but then yeah. all of a sudden we're in Mobjack Bay, and it looked everything looked familiar again. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden we went from living this kind of nomadic existence to bam, being yeah, being right back in it. And then you're back with your friends and family, but your life that you've been living is so removed from the life that they've been living yeah. that you almost feel like you don't have anything in common anymore, or like it's harder to have a conversation because there's not as much overlap. 
for a little while. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's certainly pe- people just don't quite, you know, they either think it was like an extended vacation, which <laughs> in some ways it was, but we worked really hard. Yeah. And, and it's just, yes. it's just such a, such a different way of life that yeah. it's, it's hard to communicate, uh, to, uh, to people. Yeah. And then getting behind the wheel and <laughs> spending I, weeks driving 20 miles. An yeah. Hour. It felt wrong to travel any, you know, faster than like 35 miles per hour <laughs> because we'd been essentially going at a jogging pace if, at the most for so long. And just, it was, yeah, it was surreal. I think, um, I think it took me a while to feel quote unquote normal um, yeah. on land again. Yeah. For sure. So kind of the lead up to that that day when we left uh, for heading north up the Chesapeake Bay was probably, I think, for me anyway, starting long key bite is when I felt like we started losing our mojo a little bit. Yes. And maybe maybe the attempted Bahamas crossing. <laughs> um, but I know you want to get your get your two cents in on, on a lot of that stuff. Sure. So we've got we got a whole list of stuff. We've got um, I lost my mojo on day one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You did you did great. Uh, but we got the Baham- attempted Bahamas Crossing, Lonky Bite, the Georgia Sounds, Albemarle Sound, and we we talked about Hampton Roads. So I don't know if you want to wade into any of that. Sure. Again, day one, though, that really set the stage for my anxiety sailing. I cannot describe to you better than Chris did what our <laughs> trip south um, down the Chesapeake Bay was like, um, other than to say that I was weeping openly the entire ten hours. That's not true. <laughs> yes, no, it is. it's I was not. There was so I think... scared. I'd never done that before. No, neither had I. Yeah, and <laughs> didn't feel in control. Whereas Chris had some sailing experience that I didn't, and I don't know. Sailing is something that he loves. Um, it's one of his life's passions, and it's not mine. And I didn't feel like I was in control in any way, shape, or form. Um, I remember Chris handing me the tiller to go forward to secure the anchor when it was oh, bouncing yeah. around. Like 20 minutes out. Yeah, and being so scared that I had this tiller in my hand that I was responsible for our safety um, on such a rough day. And you did fine. I did fine, but I was very scared. We also had literally never dropped the anchor before. We didn't, I'd never anchored. Oh, yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, at the end of the day. And Chris has this. Beautiful memory of anchoring under sail. Well, I was scared. <laughs> I was very scared. That was the best, but that was at that point though, because we had we were we made it into the Severn and it was yeah. kind of it was everything had mellowed out and. So I think that day colored a lot of the trip for me. I always felt more comfortable under power than under sail, and I think that's part of why. Because that day we had too much sail up at the beginning, um, had to reef underway, which was awful yeah and it's and um and, and we didn't do or uh, yeah we just weren't prepared for that. we weren't I mean, prepared it, it's something that should take five minutes and it took us probably 45 it was oh it was awful <laughs> it was a mess and um i just never quite felt super comfortable being under sale solely under sale after that um and i think that's part of why um but my scariest moment of the trip was the bahamas crossing hands down 
scared, most scared, most acute fear I've ever felt in my entire life. And that includes giving birth to our daughter. <laughs> I wasn't, yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel the need, I'm going to segue here to something I wanted to talk about, which yeah. is just how small Firefly is. Yeah. Um, Chris talks a little bit about how small the living space is on the boat, and it's very small. But actually, that didn't bother us much at all. Yeah, like, there were some inconveniences, sure, but um, we actually did really well living in tight quarters together. Um, I know that was a concern for you. Yeah, I was worried. I was very worried about that, but turned out Fine. Not, yeah. not to be a big deal. Um, what is a big deal to me is how close to the water you are when you're in the cockpit. Yeah. I've been on these other boats now that you feel like you're towering above the water. <laughs> and when you heel over, yeah, you're heeled over, but it's not like your knuckles are in the water like when you're on Firefly. <laughs> yeah, about, what, 12, 18 inches of freeboard, maybe? Maybe. Probably 12. Yes. 16. Yeah, and we air. had it low. We had her yeah, down by the stern a little bit. Improperly. Yeah, so we were really close to the water. And that boat likes to heel over when she sails. And I hate heeling <laughs> over. I hate being close hauled. I hate feeling like I'm practically in the water when the boat is under sail. And during our crossing attempt, we had to be close hauled in more wind than I like, bigger seas than I like. And my knuckles were in the water, <laughs> yeah. and we were getting hit by sea spray, and it was dark. Soaking, yeah, we got soaked. We got soaked, and I was frozen in fear. I had myself wedged against the... Uh, yeah, you were on the low side. I kept on telling you to get up on the high side. I just couldn't move. I was so scared I couldn't move. Yeah. Like, I almost peed my pants because I didn't want to get up to use the head because I was so scared. But you, 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 shook, you kind of shook yourself out of it. A little that, bit. That first hour was pretty rough. It was terrible. <laughs> and Chris, I was, you know, Chris wasn't exactly relaxed either. It's not like it was relaxing no, at first. No, it was outside of our comfort zone. And but I so, felt... well, and so he not only is he dealing with sailing the boat under these new conditions that we've never encountered, but he is also dealing with his screaming, crying wife. <laughs> and at one point he got really upset because he was stressed out and he was like, go down below. That's the only time I, I and he kind of yelled, yeah, he kind of yelled at me a little bit. I mean, I was being pathetic, but. You did fine. He, uh, you did fine. Then you, because you did, you had to take, I had to go forward to raise the jib, oh, I think. Oh man, and you, yes. You took the tiller and that you was did terrible. fine. <laughs> you did fine. Yeah. But I, I, again, I didn't know that your body could react to fear like that. That's I've never had that happen to me ever since. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely lost some mojo there. Yeah, sure. yeah. And I, I don't I, know if you feel the same way about losing your mojo. No, then, because I think I was really, I, I felt pretty bummed about not making it to the Bahamas. Uh, because that was, I was very kind of like. That's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was low for. Chris was. A couple of days, and really for the a most weeks. depressed that I maybe think I've ever seen you. Yeah, I was because that was to me that was the goal, and I was very yeah. like, yeah, I was worried about you. Yeah, um, but but in terms of losing confidence, I mean, because we you know the motor cut out, we turned around, we we sailed back in the inlet, and I thought we did, I thought we did good, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess spoke, that's true. Yeah, like I think we, I thought we made we made you know we made 
the right decisions in in that, in that those circumstances and yeah and we were fine so i i what scared me was long key dragging yeah. anchor and long key I've also never um, seen Chris that scared before. Totally freaked me out. His <laughs> eyes were his eyes were like dinner plates. It was he just, was bugging out of his head because he was so frightened. It um, was just it was blowing. Really and that's hard. how I knew that's I knew I needed to be frightened too because of how frightened he was. Usually, at the very least, when I was having some kind of episode of anxiety on the trip, I could look over at Chris and be like, okay. Like this is like when you're in an airplane and this, if if the um, <laughs> the flight attendants are calm, then you can be calm, kind of thing, you know. But the flight attendant was not calm, so um, <laughs> I think that was really. I mean, we the whole trip south, our our anchor, our big anchor that we bought, we we always thought we're fine. We've got a giant anchor. We're fine. We have all this chain. Yeah. We're fine. Yes, this is uncomfortable. Yes, this is unpleasant. Yes, we're swinging all around, but we're not going to drag because yeah. we have this giant Gi- mantis anchor and we <laughs> love our anchor. Um, so dragging anchor and long key bite, I think really got in our heads and yeah. messed with us on the way north again. We were afraid to... I don't know, put ourselves in a situation where something like that could happen again, I guess. Yeah, I think we, we probably got a little more cautious. Yeah. Um, although we were, put, at the same time, we were pushing pretty hard the whole way back and, and occasionally had to anchor in some anchorages that had very little protection. That's true. And but, we had tons of fronts coming through. Yeah, and and, and we did fine. I do, And I think that was fundamentally a, a scope and a, mm-hmm. a, a holding issue. But it also definitely scared us into staying at a marina yeah, in um, Tavernier. Like we were just, we, I don't know. I felt like everything we learned the whole way south, we were questioning if yeah. we were okay at it. You yeah. know, does that make sense? No, I think um, you're right. And we, and we had, plus we, and we were meeting my folks down in Key West. Yeah. And we, had, and we were like, well, we're not going to make it to Key West. So maybe we could have, I'm not sure we would have enjoyed it. It was pretty windy and again, fronts kept coming through. We would have through. been moving the boat Yeah, it would have, I think it would have been stressful, <laughs> yeah. but, um, and it was nice to stay in a condo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> frankly, at that and point. and staying in the marina, we we got to hang out with Jason and Kirsten. And, and no, I, we had a great time there. Yeah. It's just, but we that were was... definitely not planning on staying at a marina for that long. Yeah. Oh no, like, yeah. not at all. Yeah, very um, true. But I think that whole situation scared us into it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're mm-hmm. right. Um, so, uh, do you think anything positive came out of any of those experiences? Well, I remember. When we met up with your family in Key West, they commented on how calm I seemed. Yeah, like yeah, again, I I'm a now. fairly high strung person <laughs> and I know I keep talking about all my anxiety. I, that's that's not all I felt on the trip. I had a wonderful trip. But um they talked about how calm I seemed yeah. and just I think sometimes now I forget this, but at the time, um if you've gone through something that stressful and scary and really just you're out in like nature and it's like all the force of nature is kind of you're battling it, um, you know, getting lost or getting stuck in traffic doesn't seem like that big a deal after that, you know. Um, I think, I don't know, I think it made me feel like I could handle more than I thought I could um, in life. 
and um i don't know chris and i bonded certainly um yeah doing that kind of problem sol- solving together yeah no we, sure. i thought i thought we did great working as a team yeah i don't know if you have anything else to add the positive that came from that those yeah things, i but... mean for and yeah i mean the way i tend to look at it is you know it's kind of like well, this is what we did wrong in this situation. This is what I would do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. Um, can you still can you still fear, feel mm-hmm. that feeling in the pit of your stomach, or has enough time elapsed at this point? Oh no, I remember. Really? Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember what I felt like on the crossing. Really? Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, I I don't. I can't remember the. Uh, no, the stressful you can't. Feelings. I mean, I I, I, wow. I remember intellectually, but I can't remember what it felt like. <laughs> Um, what about any? You want to say anything about George, the Georgia sounds or Albemarle Sound, anything like that? Um, kind of more the same. I was yeah, fairly scared uh, crossing a couple of the sounds in Georgia. Um, I remember. I can't remember that the name. There's like well, there's like five or six of them, and of some them. of them are bigger. And some, yeah, one of them we we went across on a day when it was not nice for me. Like the waves were bigger than I would have liked, and. I can't remember. Yeah, Sapello sound maybe. maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was cold and yeah, it was cold, you know, uncomfortable. Albemarle, I was really scared on the way home. We, I mean, we had like no wind the way yeah, it was, south. It was I think we across. had to motor across the yeah. whole thing because we didn't have any wind. But yeah. um, that was extremely unpleasant, and I actually had a panic attack. Um, in the cockpit, which only happened that one time. And I'm pretty sure that was because of having tried the crossing. Like I, ha- I still had that fear so um, yeah. recently that my body just like shut down a little bit. When yeah. we were I, was, I was a little worried about you. There. Getting hit with uh, big old cross seas and confused seas and really gusty conditions. Yeah, it, was it wasn't like crazy. it was blowing 25 the whole way across, but these gusts would come through and just like plunge our boat into the water. And again, I don't like being that close to the water while we're sailing and <laughs> got pretty scared. But um, that was, you know, one of those days when you successfully docked the boat after a couple of unsuccessful yeah, attempts that, was that day. Rough, that was rough. That was, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was not nice. But um, Still have some, uh, some tar some on, nice fire tar fire on the side from of the pilings. But then you step onto land and you're like, feel pretty good. We just did that. <laughs> we did that. Yeah. And I don't know. You feel good. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's satisfaction of accomplishment. Yes. Um, so, okay. So that was the, uh, the, oh God, thy sea is so great and my boat is so small section of the interview here. Huh. <laughs> um, talk about some of your uh, good memories, strongest memories of the trip. Um, can you, what it felt like to be to for life underway to be to be your everyday normal so this is tough because i feel like i have so many tiny little memories that really aren't necessarily super special but they're just little moments that i i don't know i loved like catching my first fish oh, at yeah. peck lake was a big one for me yeah. i know you probably don't feel was that the, the same blue, way the bluefish would you catch a bluefish yes and then a catfish after that. Yeah, yeah. And I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all of Charleston was amazing for yeah. me. I can't really pick any 
one moment except maybe the Wood Brothers concert. That was pretty awesome. Um, I just loved being there. I loved walking around the city with, with you. And, yeah, that um, was great. Tasting food and, you know, I don't know. It was just a really nice time of my life. And I did a lot of crocheting yep. aboard. And I have lots of memories of just like sitting outside in the cockpit with my little pillow behind me <laughs> and crocheting and kind of like thinking like, I'm not at work right now. Like, I don't have a job. I am unemployed. <laughs> I have nowhere to be but right here. Yeah. And um, that was really nice for me. I think one other thing I kind of wanted to mention is that um, even though I think I had a lot more fear, anxiety, and stress overall um, over the course of the trip in these sort of acute moments, I think I actually managed to relax more than Chris did. Um, and a big part of that was his feeling of responsibility. It was his idea to do this thing, yeah. his passion that um, took us on this journey. And so I think he felt not only responsible for the boat, but my well-being on top of his own well-being, which is actually, that's kind of stressful to feel like you're responsible for another person's happiness. Um, and it's really not fair. And I think I sort of let him bear that because I felt like I was doing this trip for him. And if I had to go back, I would do a better job of taking care of my own happiness some, you know, or um, if the anchor needed checked, Chris was the one who got up and did it. He let me stay in bed. And I just feel like I took advantage of that a little bit. And I, don't, I don't think so. I mean... Well, I mean that, and that's. I mean, but, but I mean, you're right in that. I did feel, as the skipper, I felt, yeah, I felt it was, you know, ultimately my responsibility. And obviously, I wanted us to be. I wanted you to be safe. I wanted us to be safe. Um, right. Well, so did I. But it was different. Like, I am not doing a very good job of explaining this, but I feel like you didn't get to enjoy some moments as much as I did because yeah, well, you were bearing that. I think that's part of it, but part of it is also the self-imposed, mm. um, like, I, you know, when we were headed south, I was like, oh, we need to get to the Bahamas by Christmas. We need like, to keep going. We need to keep pushing. This is a cool place. Let's stay another day. Yeah. And, oh, I love this coffee shop. Yeah. I want to stay and write blog posts for two days. Yeah. And I want to, oh, it's raining. Let's stay. <laughs> Put on your power. Yeah. Gear. Whereas Chris is cracking the whip, like, we need to go. Pay no mind the wind. Voice <laughs> more sail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, there was that. But, um, and that was self inflicted. Yeah. As you said. For sure. But I was also dragging our heels. I, I was scared to cross to the Bahamas before we even tried. I think there was part of me that was like, if we never get there, then I don't have to <laughs> well, right cross for, right the... So. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it wasn't a little thing. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> and when else in our life did we get to not have a job? And, you yeah. know, I was trying to savor. see some of the country I hadn't seen before and savor a little bit. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite spot? Or favorite I spots. I mean, you mentioned Charleston. Yeah, Charleston. Anchorage. What about a favorite oh, Anchorage? Oh, man. That's tough. That night, actually, before we got to Charleston, when I was really upset that we didn't make it to Charleston, was it Dewey's Creek? I think so. 
It was one of the most beautiful sunsets yeah. we had. It was actually a beautiful night. I think Chris got the fishing pole out and was didn't trying to fish. It, yeah. Didn't catch anything, but it didn't matter. Um, again, it's really tough. Some of them all, some of them run together in my mind. Yeah, for um, sure. I more remember the ones that I hated, which is terrible. <laughs> um, like Pine Island. The first time. The first time, yes. Northbound, we had a nice, nice night. Yeah, there. I think it was a buggy, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite Anchorage? I'm curious. I haven't. I haven't thought about it. I mean, um, yeah. Off the top of my head, it's it's hard to say. I mean, mm-hmm. I did actually uh, Big Lollipop. I remember that was a yeah, pretty was relaxing nice. yeah. spot. Um, trying to think uh, southport or southport was we had a lot of fun there the first time mm-hmm. um but else? that's where we tied up to the dock oh you're right we yeah. tied we did we tied up to which the was dock. great did we anchor there the second i think we anchored there northbound maybe oh okay um actually i really like um swansboro yeah even though we got dragged on to <laughs> by yeah. somebody yeah um i really liked the little town and really enjoyed staying there and then Orient, I mean, Oriental was yeah. one of my favorite places both ways. We did have ways. a lot of fun there. Um, and that's a cool, cool yeah, sailing Yeah, highly time. recommend hanging um, out there. And really, I think actually, I think the Georgia marshes would be, in terms of anchorages. It's, um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's very different. The tidal range is so big that it's like every like hour the view changes. That's Because you're, you're going up and down 10 feet, you yeah, know, over the course true. of a tidal cycle. Um, and it's just very uh, pristine. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot down there. Yeah, I agree. Um what about uh what did you find most annoying about living aboard um just how hard it was to cook yeah i I think you know we talked about that in a previous um episode and we both love to cook we love food but man was it a pain to get everything together to cook and then clean up it was such a pain i think we spent way too much money at restaurants in the places we stopped <laughs> we mainly did. because we were exhausted and starving when we dropped the anchor and it was like oh my gosh i have to get the propane tank i have to hook it up i have to move this i have to do that and um if there was, was like, a restaurant within rowing distance or <laughs> we could get in bug and go have a burger somewhere <laughs> yeah it's very true but we were responsible and saved up enough money um, <laughs> for the trip that we could do that a little bit yeah so. no it was good <laughs> um so I remember you uh, in the run-up to leaving, getting ready to go. Uh, you thinking that the trip would be uh, an opportunity to to reflect a little bit, think about what you want to, uh, you know, some long-term goals um, for your life or our life. Uh, so did you find that life underway was conducive to that? No, <laughs> I thought I would. So I quit my job to go on this trip, and I figured, okay. This is a turning point in my life and I need to figure out what I want to do when we get back and figure out, you know, where I want to be and what I want to do. And I did not think about that one time pretty much on the trip. And it's because you are in the moment. Yeah. A lot. In a, and and it's, it's almost always in a good way, though. In a great way. It's not, no, that's not yeah. a bad thing. And some of it was probably me just sort of avoiding it because it's like, wow, it's the first time in my life where I can be in the moment so much. Um, I really didn't, did not figure it out at all. <laughs> but 
I'm glad that I had that time that I didn't have to. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. It definitely does force you to be in the moment because yes. uh, it's just it's just enough to kind of keep you occupied and yes. and focused. Um, and I would also like to say that kind of related to that, but not really. Um, even though we were going to bars and eating burgers and, you know, also eating like other days, just eating like crackers and peanuts. peanut butter or yeah. whatever. Um, I've never felt healthier yeah. in my life than I felt on the trip. And, um, I think it has a lot to do with being outside and getting fresh air being a lot, being active. Um, I felt amazing on yeah. the trip. Yeah, I no, felt like best version of myself physically. Yeah, and no, I remember, and and we were surprised that that was the case because yeah. we were uh, we weren't exactly living clean. We had lots of burgers and lots of beer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but we were also again we got Act- fresh air. We yeah, were active. active yeah. We drank lots of water too. True. Um, and we cooked very simply when we were. We on did the cook simply, and we tried to be mostly healthy when we cooked. And yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, any any major lessons? I mean, you, you talked a little bit about uh, learning how to kind of overcome stress and fear. Yep. Um, Although I feel like lately in my life, I'm not doing a good job of channeling that place where well, I was at that point. It's in, a different thing these days. Yeah, in my life. But um, <laughs> just being grateful and not taking things for granted. Um, living on Firefly made me appreciate a lot of really small things uh, once we got back, like having a hot shower every day if I wanted one Um, or having plumbing in your house. Not having to Um, be the plumber. (laughs) Yeah. Having a dishwasher in the house. Like I was just like, I just couldn't wait to do the dishes, you know, like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can put these in the dishwasher. This is awesome. Um, and I felt like I carried that forward for a while. And yeah. then I remember one day, I can't remember exactly how long after we got back, I realized like I wasn't grateful for my shower today. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Was that when we were living at the rental? Yes. Okay. So it was within a year. It was probably six months in <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It just. We're like, wow, I'm in climate control, you know, like I don't have to be hot or cold if I don't want to be. Yeah. Just makes you appreciate the things that you probably don't even notice living in your house. So, uh, and I guess I should, I've realized that I haven't given uh, the full, the, uh, what's the word? The the full chronology here. So since we got back in 20 the spring of 2016 right march mm-hmm. march 2016 uh we moved ashore into a rental um and about six months later we found out that we were going to have a baby less than that less than six months yeah so we moved into our rental house mid-april yeah and found out, i thought it was september some or october i guess we found out in october you're right Something six like months that. um Found out we were having a baby, so and so we were. Uh, I'd like to add to the chronology that I got a job and yes. started working at the end of May, and yeah, then found out I was pregnant like three, <laughs> four, four months into a new job. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and it, we, it was came as a bit of a surprise, but very happy and very and, welcome surprise. And 
and it's been it's been wonderful. Uh, and in that, so since then we we moved out of our rental, we purchased a house right next door to the rental actually, and uh, and so so that's kind of where we're at these days. We have a, a 13 month old who's just figuring out how to walk, and it yes. is awesome. Her name is Linnea. Her name is Linnea, and she is. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's a sailor. We haven't got her out on the boat yet, but she, she loves the wind and the water and the water. Yeah, she she's a water loves baby. the water <laughs> for sure. Yes. Um, so now that we have Linnea, um, how do you see sailing kind of fitting into our lives? I always joke about how um, you and Linnea are going to go sailing while I sit on the dock and drink a glass of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have definitely figured out that I'm a fair weather sailor. Um, we sailed to our friend's wedding oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. when our daughter was four months old. It was our first night away from her. That's right. But the way there, um, we sailed downwind and like... Set what, the tiller pilot. Ten knots or something. Ten knots Maybe of not even. Yeah, which it, was is pretty, like, it was pretty that's my That's my sweet spot. Yeah. And I actually really enjoyed the sail. And it had been a while since I'd been able to say that. Um, so I could see all three of us enjoying time on the boat together on days like that for sure. Yeah. But the problem yeah. is that you Can't. only get so many. Yeah, and yeah. you only get so many when you're able to take time out of your your life to do that. So, um, but I could see spending weekend days going out. Yeah. And um, again, it seems like our daughter's personality um, is one that will, I think she will like to sail. It yeah. seems like I think so. she will like I to sail. So I mean, you can't Hope force so. somebody yeah. to like something, but um, hopefully, Hopefully she will. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Uh, could you see doing a longer trip together as a family? Ooh, that's a tough one. What do you mean by longer trip? <laughs> I don't know. It's, a, <laughs> okay. it's an open-ended. It's an open question. Yeah. Um, it's really hard for me to imagine doing that on Firefly. Yeah. I must say, again, those small quarters were fine for the two of us. The cooking we managed. I cannot imagine doing that with another person. Yeah. Especially a child. Yeah, and 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 like she 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 would fit now because she's tiny, but <laughs> not much longer. <laughs> so yeah, I have a hard time imagining the logistics yeah. of bringing our thirteen-month-old on a boat for more than a night. Yeah, maybe two at the most. Yeah, for sure. So I would say, oh, when she's older. But then when she's older, it, she'll be too big to fit on Firefly with us. So I'm I don't know. Yeah. Um. I guess we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, what advice would you uh, give yourself if you could go back in time uh, as we were about to leave? Uh, <laughs> Small craft advisory <laughs> means don't leave the dock. Um, no. Um, that's a tough one. It's all going to be okay. You're not going to die at sea. <laughs> no. Um, I think... Hmm. I mean, really, I think we, if anything, could have savored it a lot more than we did. And I I know I was saying that about you earlier, but really me too, especially at the beginning of the trip. I think I was a little bit grumpy and snippy with you for the first month. 
I think I was just stressed out for the first month, like adjusting to living aboard. It took us a long while, a a long while to get into the the swing. swing Well, yeah, it's a big change. Yeah. It's a huge change. Um, I really think just slow down and enjoy is really my advice to anybody. I, I do get, if you have like a certain time or date that you're trying to get to a certain place, but if you do this trip, you will learn that you can't do that. Like you can't say I have to be yeah. at this place on this date. It doesn't work. Yeah. Mother nature will always thwart you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of wish we had gotten, gotten off the magenta line a little bit too. Um, and, yeah, that, and again, okay. that was partly was me like pushing and, and, and trying to get down South as fast as we could. Um, yeah. but there's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big country. There's a lot of really cool places that it would have been fun to poke around. That's true. Um, monkey Island. No, oh, yeah. We, <laughs> we talked about it both ways. I know we, we should have done it. Going. There's some, there's island, I think it's in South Carolina where like the FDA, yeah. uh, like abandoned a troop of monkeys. So there's like just this random Island with monkeys running around mm-hmm. on it. Uh, I forgot about that. There's a couple other places like that, that I kind of wish we had checked out. But, yeah. But it's a big country, so you can't see it all. No. Um, what do you think was a, a harder transition, uh, transitioning to moving aboard or moving ashore? Honestly, moving ashore, I think. Yeah. I, I know th- it I was so for too. you. I mean, you had to go to work the next day after that <laughs> yeah, back, which is just a so huge, <laughs> I mean, miserable. that is like tough. Um, I have this moment that I remember we were just south of St. Augustine on our way north and in you went down below. I think you just needed to get out of the sun for a little bit or something. So I was at the tiller. And uh, I think we had Jibford flying. We were motor sailing. Uh-huh. And actually, the ICW was doing some little like switchback. So I was actually tacking um, with my tiny little sail yeah. while driving by myself and feeling like I like kind of had things under control for the first time. But also realizing like, this is my new normal like this i realized that i couldn't even imagine living on shore anymore like we'd been gone long enough that i couldn't imagine living in a house and getting up and going to work every day um and it like i couldn't believe it you know um and then when we got back i kind of didn't know what to do with myself you know i didn't have a job like we once we moved into um, the rental and out of our friend's house off, off their, couches. their futon, um, <laughs> I just sort of felt aimless. Um, we'd been working so hard for so long. And I know Chris probably um, will talk about how he felt too, but um, I know, I don't know, again, it took me weeks to feel normal behind the wheel of a car. It took me... I mean, I I kept feeling that little swayy feeling (laughs) in tight spaces and um, my body wasn't used to being on land and I don't know. It was really hard. It's kind of hard to explain, actually. Yeah, no. And and, but yeah, I agree totally that that the the adjustment back ashore was was way harder. Yeah. Um, Like having to like be around people and I I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. and, And like you said, I think going from having 
getting the boat ready and, and going on this trip be the focus for probably like two years or three years? Yeah, like maybe that. more than two be like years. Like a big, you know, a major role and then getting back and having that not be there anymore. It was like, what do we do? And then on a more personal level, like Chris and I got used to yeah. spending all of our time with each other, um, even though we weren't necessarily always doing the same thing. Or, you know, we were very almost always like physically within like arm's length of each other because our boat was so small yeah. and um, sharing a lot. And all of a sudden he's at work all day and I'm out pounding the pavement looking for work and... Um, his experiences at work are totally separate from from mine all of a sudden instead of us sharing so many experiences and um that was a weird adjustment too yeah and that was definitely something that i know we I kind both... of feel like we're still reeling from that because yeah our lives changed yeah. so drastically <laughs> when i got pregnant and we were scrambling to buy a house and you know Get make old. sure we were going to be providing for our child and um adulting adulting yeah um I kind of feel like we haven't even really finished like dealing with that in a way. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> it's pathetic, but it's been, uh, that's the truth. He's been putting out fires a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's nice to know. I think that our relationship can handle a whole lot of togetherness. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think that's. I mean, I think that's that was the easiest part of the trip. It was actually. Yeah. So, and we were both a little surprised by it. Not um, that we, you know. But we have faith in ourselves. Yeah, but, but we had that, never spent that much time. No, nobody spends quarters. that much time with another person that close to them. Yeah, it's it's, it's all of the time. Yeah, but no, we, it was great. That was one of the things I, I know. I, we talked about this. One of the things we both missed uh, coming ashore yeah. was the the teamwork and yes. and having that that really specific set of shared goals. Like every day, we're working yes. working towards something. Yes, that's true. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good good. Uh, you got anything else you want to add? I don't think so. All right. From the blog. I think the lesson of this trip has been to live in the moment. The process of getting ready for an adventure is one of expectation, of planning, of forethought. The process of enjoying an adventure is to discard those expectations and allow the journey to take its course, I think. The tension between mindfulness and anticipation is what makes living afloat so beguiling. I love sailing because it forces you to be in the moment, to pay attention to your environment. Meanwhile, life on the water demands forethought and preparation. As we rounded the corner out of the Lafayette River and into, the Ham into Hampton Roads proper, we used all the tricks we had learned these past months to keep Firefly moving upwind into the swell. There were several moments in the swirling confluence of the James River, Chesapeake Bay, and the wide Atlantic winds. We both considered turning around and trying again another calmer day. But Firefly could take it. She had taken us this far, and the only flaws she revealed were flaws within ourselves. Trust the boat, you hear people say. I trust Firefly, and at the mouth of Hampton Roads, we started to get our mojo back. I trusted myself. I trusted my work on the boat. I trusted Ryan, and she trusted me. We made our way out the shipping channel and made our turn north. With the seas on the beam, we rolled heavily, but the more favorable point of sail sped us on our way. By the time we were abreast the York River, things were moderating, and when the light at New Point Comfort hove in sight, we were rolling downwind, giddy, unbelieving. We tied up Firefly, walked to our friend Jess and Jared's house. We had made it home. Copy that bridge, Chickadee, Callista, Alara, Corsair, Whisper, Rejoice, Oceanus, Gemini, Steamboat, Scooch, Adam, No Quarter, Soul, Soul Tide. 
Moving back to channel 16, Firefly out. That's it for this episode of The Bonnie Boat. Thanks for listening. I know time is my most scarce resource these days, so I appreciate you uh, choosing to spend your time listening here. One of the reasons I decided to throw my hat into the podcast ring is to get in touch with other like-minded sailing maniacs. To that end, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at thebonnieboat at gmail.com. You can find us online at thebonnieboat.wordpress.com. And remember, to be a sailor, you don't need a YouTube channel with 100,000 video subscribers. You don't need an Instagram account with pictures of beautiful people in their bathing suits. You certainly don't need a podcast. You don't even need a boat. You just need to go sailing. Until next time, this is Firefly standing by on Channel 16.